Hello, everyone, and welcome to Clifford Chan's podcast, where we are discussing the biggest issues and trends faced by businesses today. And I think everyone will agree that the biggest issue by far in a generation is COVID-19. I am Monica Saw. I'm a partner in our financial regulation practice, and uh, I'm joined by Nicholas Grafton Green, who is a senior associate with Contentious Investigation. So, Nick, we've, we're going to talk about um, some of the disruption issues raised by COVID-19. And we've seen who has declared COVID-19 as a global pandemic. The Prime Minister has said that COVID-19 is the most uh, or the worst uh, public health crisis uh, event in a generation. Uh, we've seen stock markets having the biggest fall since 1987. So there is a lot of concern in the marketplace and there's a lot of concern with our clients. So just sort of stepping back and looking at what how regulators are focused on um, the firms that they're, that they're regulating are addressing these very significant events. What is what is your thoughts about uh, where the regulators are coming from? Uh, well, Monica, I think that the, the key thing to bear in mind is actually the UK regulators have been telling financial services firms for some time now, um, not just to focus on preventing disruption events, including coronavirus in these circumstances, but also on, 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 on proceeding on the assumption that the, these disruption events will happen and that firms need to plan accordingly. And, and, and I think it was notable just before Christmas, uh, both the FCA and the PRA released consultation papers which set out expectations around incident planning and contingency planning in that respect. So what do you think, are, what is the key issue in this planning um, process? Certainly from, 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 the, from the regulator's perspective, as set out in the consultation papers, the, the sort of key issue is to start by identifying what your key business services are, the services that you are providing, and then sort of work backwards from there to, uh, to uh, map out the people and the processes and the technologies that you need um, in order to provide that service. And I think what's key here in the context of the coronavirus is then to, to look at all of those inputs that you get into the service and work out how vulnerable those inputs might just be uh, to the disruptions that could be caused by this sort of outbreak. Okay, so, so let's be a little bit more practical. So what are some of the examples of why the COVID situation is so unique for business contingency planning? Well, I think that actually the sort of the, the reason that it is, is unique is, is that we've never really seen anything like coronavirus before. It's, it's a really multifaceted like sort of a, a, a event in, in, in that respect. Um, previously, and certainly looking from a regulatory enforcement perspective, um, incidents are usually sort of uh, relate to one particular product or one particular line. Um, they are usually pretty short term. So think of a, a cyber attack, for example, or an IT failure. Um, whereas coronavirus really is very, very wide reaching. It's going to last for a long time. And it's also going to, um, going to involve a lot of different sort of smaller disruptions, both both from the disease itself, but also from those sort of government mandated like sort of restrictions that are going to be put in place. And they can vary from day to day. Who knows what's going to happen next week? And also from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So I think it's very important to be, be taking a sort of real round view in this respect. So what can firms do? 
What are some sort of action points for them? Um, well, I think firms firstly sort of need to think about like sort of uh, the sort of general considerations that they're, that they're going to have to take into account um, when sort of contingency planning. And every firm is, is different, like sort of, so it's really going to depend. Um, but some of these sort of uh, things that can be uh, borne in mind are remote working is, is, is a key sort of issue. So as we go now into the delay phase, um, uh, which sort of involves more sort of social distancing, it's almost certain that actually many firms are going to be asking their staff to work from home and um that actually like sort of uh, brings into, into into sharp focus whether there are any services which cannot be provided from, from from home so for example it's less in the uk here but on the continent if you have to execute a document in front of a notary or something you might have to physically be there in person it also brings into um question uh, whether there are any services that that actually remote working doesn't support you, you often need multiple systems to provide services are all of those going to be operable from sort of home so those are sort of some of the key sort of issues that i think need to be borne in mind and, uh, you know, I've been hearing um, uh, firms taking various approaches to uh, as practical measures in response to COVID-19. So, for example, having half the workforce work at home one week and half the workforce work in an uh, office or two weeks, depending on uh, the firm. Uh, is there some what are the challenges for home working for them? I suppose you've, you've got to sort of think quite in, in, in the round, but like sort of um, certainly like sort of bearing in mind things like uh, firms uh, need to ensure that all workers have suitable equipment. So, for example, often if you're trying to execute trades and things like that like sort of you can't really get off a laptop like sort of you might need to have some bigger screen so I mean very practical measures I know it sounds slightly crass but slightly pra but practical measures that you can actually sort of need to bear in mind there have you got a secure IT system from, from home is it more vulnerable to cyber attacks if people are logging in does your IT system have the capabilities of letting half the workforce work from home on a particular day I mean the reason I think people are trying this sort of half on half off is in part because there's a concern that if you everyone tried to log in at the same time it could well shut the system down so there are there are all of these sort of aspects i think that need to be sort of uh, taken into account and sort of carefully teased through uh, before embarking down a sort of a, a sort of certain measure that's very very interesting practical advice i mean is there any any sort of regulatory supervisory issues that firms need to be mindful of i think from yeah it's a, it's a, it's a jolly good point because because from a supervisory perspective uh, having oversight over your workers like sort of is actually quite a, quite um is actually very important like sort of so i think that, that that they're making sure that they have access to the right compliance but also that, that for example have they got recorded telephone lines if they need recorded telephone lines how do you know how can you minimize the chances of market abuse going on in circumstances where you don't perhaps have people physically in the same location so i think that's a really sort of important um sort of aspect to bear in mind the other the other sort of aspect to, i suppose to bear in mind from a from a more of a, a management perspective is with the managers themselves like sort of for example like sort of if you do have particular managers that are in the in, in, uh, that are that are meant to be um, overseeing particular aspects like really what happens if, if they fall ill so so um you need to be identifying suitable alternatives from a sort of supervisory sort of oversight perspective as well to make sure that if for example a key uh, someone who holds a sort of key man role or a key man responsibility um, falls ill you have someone else to step into their place to continue in that respect what happens for example if your MLRO um, suddenly falls ill do you have an alternative MLRO that can, can step in so it's, it's I think I think it brings into con to, to, to sort of sharp contrast like sort of all of these um, particular sort of issues that you have to sort of tease out and indeed 
the regulator's perspective in this respect is often um, is often to actually the whole mapping process is designed to tease out those sorts of issues. And and do you think regulators will give firms some leeway in compliance given these circumstances are very unprecedented? It's a very good question. Um, the, the FCA released a statement last um, week uh, which which set out sort of expectations in this regard and they have said that, that, that firms need to take all reasonable steps. So I don't think it's a get out of jail free card to turn around and say oh coronavirus was going on so therefore we couldn't meet regulatory standards. I think that firms will actually um, be, be held to quite high account here. The FCA and PRA have been saying for some time, look, you need to plan for disruption events. We've issued consultation papers. We've uh, set out uh, um, uh, sort of amendments to uh, the FCA handbook. Um, like sort of, so, so, so they, they, there is an expectation amongst firms that, uh, amongst regulators, that firms have prepared for this already. And therefore, it, it's, it's no surprise that actually like sort of, they'll take quite a hard line view with respect to any sort of forbearance. And should we, after this event, um, the FCA looks back at firm reactions and looks at whether or not they are going to be taking any enforcement action on some delinquent behaviours, where do you think the touch points are or the, the soft points are from, from a lessons learned point of view that firms should take into account to avoid enforcement action? Well, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very good question. I mean, we've seen a marked rise in the last few years of, of enforcement action relating to sort of operational resilience issues and indeed like sort of a focus on upon like sort of a disruption events more generally. So, for example, we had the Rafels Bank issue last year, which related to a IT, uh, IT failure, had uh, Tesco uh, Finance PLC, who were fined a couple of years ago in relation to a cyber attack. And and the focus here were, was really like sort of on, on not only only mapping out your services and actually having awareness of what your, your tolerance to disruption would be, but also making sure, for example, that you implement alternative measures. So we've talked about working from home already, but like sort of, but 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 using other network offices is, is, is a good example, because what the FCA and PRA have said historically is it's all very well having having met alternative measures in place. But if you haven't tested them properly, uh, actually, like sort of, they, they will take that into into account. Um, often people have measures that they they can put in place, like sort of, but but testing is key. So, for example, if you are planning to use other network offices to perform certain functions, because for example, your UK office is, is closed, uh, you need to bear in mind things like has it got the necessary licenses to sort of carry out the required activities in that jurisdiction, um, where additional um, sort of activities uh, sort of uh, in, entail. Um, um, uh, further regulatory requirements, um, for example, transaction reporting or, or, or adequate systems. Um, have you got uh, in place uh, sort of the appropriate measures, not only to fulfil your your um, uh, your regulatory uh, requirements in the current home jurisdiction, but also in the jurisdiction you, that you're using from your remote office in order to, to provide that service. So that's sort of key as well, like sort of where you're relying, for example, on a third party. If you were going to say, OK, well, we're going to operate from a different jurisdiction. Does that office in that jurisdiction have the right contracts in place, uh, the right platforms in place to operate with that third party? So one of the FCA's key driving points is, is testing your, your alternative measures that you've put in place and making sure you've thought around all those points. I mean, I think one of the key issues is that firms are really struggling with there'll be some um, services that are so core to their businesses, finding alternative um, service providers are very difficult. 
but I, I think that is a real struggle for some firms. Mm. I mean, w what would you tell a firm in terms of communication strategy? Because everybody, I've been, everybody's been receiving emails from from British Airways, from BT, from LinkedIn. You know, so what what should um, firms be talking about or telling people, and what? Who should they be talking to? So the FCA, for example, place as much emphasis on customer communication during a disruption event as they do the actual losses suffered by the customers themselves. So from a coronavirus perspective, it's very important that you keep talking to your customers. Um, like sort of these are sort of uncertain times and customers will be worried um, and will be under undergoing a uh, a full range of, of, of issues themselves, um, but also sort of to bear in mind that you need a, a consistent communication strategy um, across the variety of different channels you might be using, be they sort of text, email, social media, um, uh, websites, etc. Um, but also bearing in mind that, for example, vulnerable um, uh, customers might not necessarily have access to all of those channels, um, and indeed access to all of the um, of the services that, that that might otherwise be on offer. So, for example if you have a particular subset of customers that won't that, that don't um, that don't have access to online um, online sort of portals um, or online platforms um, do you have suitable arrangements in place to service those customers need needs in circumstances where for example call centers are, are shut down uh, because uh, because you're not allowed to go to the site where branches are shut down because they don't have enough staff because the staff have fallen ill so bearing in mind dealing with those vulnerable customers is is, is really um, really really central and I would think that one of the other sort of key uh, touch points for uh, our regulated firms is service providers and to keep close to your service providers and to understand what they're doing because it can if their plans are not robust enough that would obviously impact on your the firm's own uh, responses. One of the things I was thinking about is, is when the event ends do you still keep on talking to people? I think that's yeah that that falls very much into customer communications as well like sort of the 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 um the 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 coronavirus is likely to go on as we said for a prolonged length of time but at, but at some point it's it, it will end and it's important to not just think about customer communication specifically, just in relation to during the disruption event itself. What previous regulatory enforcement actions have shown is actually um, you need to be following up with your customers after the event as, as well. So once everything's died down uh, and, and confirming that that, um, that uh, with respect to any losses they've suffered, um, any um, issues that they've encountered, that you're continuing on that service. It's, it's not um, really uh, uh, expected now by the regulator that you can just wait for customers to come to you with respect, for example, to, to issues they've, they, 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 they've, um, they've encountered and, and losses that they've suffered. You need to actually proactively go out to them, consider, for example, proactively offering redress if, 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 if they, 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 they've lost as a result of, of, of service failure. Um, so yes, it's, it, it, in terms of the overall package, um, communications doesn't just stop with the, um, uh, with, 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 with the event itself. It, it goes onwards. Very good. So Nick, last, last thing. If you have a, a, a couple of key takeaways for listeners of what they should be considering for the next uh, few months. 
Well, I think that the, the, the most important thing to stress is that is that coronavirus is a disruption event like like no other. Um, so so it is unprecedented. It is incredibly fast moving. Um, and the regulatory expectation is not that you that, that, that you need to need to contingency plan for every single eventuality, because, of course, that that will be very, very difficult to do. Nevertheless, you need to demonstrate that you are that you are putting plans in place um, and that you have alternative measures which are properly tested in place, but also constantly review viewing those plans as the landscape changes um, it will it will for what's happening today will will definitely be different to what's happening next week and you need to make sure that your incident plans are, uh, reflect that those, those changing those changing points and you need to be agile and nimble um, in, in that respect um, communications is very important that re in that regard as well as as plans change making sure that not only your customers but also market other market participants your regulator as well don't forget regulatory communications um, that every Everyone's aware of what's going on, um, um, and and so therefore, whilst bearing in mind that yes, there will be a, a, an element of forbearance, the, the the regulator will expect you to have to have gone through these sort of processes and really teased out how you're offering those services and how you can adapt those services in circumstances of the sort of disruptions we're now seeing. So thank you very much, Nick. And if you have found that helpful, you may be interested in listening to some of our other podcasts on cliffordchance.com. And for more insights relating to coronavirus in particular, have a look at our briefing library and thought leadership pages, also available on our website. You've been listening to the Clifford Chance podcast. Please stay tuned for more uh, coming soon to cliffordchance.com.